has kicked six goals in his career to put the first nail in the West Coast coffin, and he does! He does! This could be one of the great Essendon wins of all time! Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot. And I'm joined by the kid, MG. Mark Goodwill, how are you, mate? Good, Scooty, man. How are you? Mate, I think it's going to be a cracking show. You just get that feeling. There's so much going on. Rugby League, there's oh, there's lots of talk there. AFL are in COVID crisis. Top Rope today should be back on. He's on fire at the moment. It's his favourite time of the year, State of Origin. It's absolutely massive. But how's about those Ds? The Ds. All-conquering Ds. You're finally a believer. They're not they're not my side or your side so far this year. Um, yeah, no, they were impressive, weren't they? Unbelievable. Um, it was, yeah, big match up last week, and uh, they didn't disappoint from the Melbourne side of it. They were uh, they were pretty much dominant, weren't they? For a side, uh, both sides nine Blitzed. and one. Yeah, they it was did. a blitz. Yeah, they were watching the replay. They um, they were um, good one, definitely out coached beverage, I think. And uh, it'll be interesting going forward that uh, you know next time they do meet, and they'll probably meet in the finals. That uh, beverage is going to have to come up with some solutions because uh, it's not it's not just as simple as cutting out Liberatore in the middle. Uh, Harms did an unbelievable job. Um, it was more than that. It was it was a real team performance, and uh, yeah, they dominated the Bulldogs. So they're uh, well, they're not flag favourites at the moment, but uh, they probably should be on top of the ladder. It's interesting, isn't it? I think we saw it in the Richmond Western Bulldogs game where they panicked for a quarter. The Western Bulldogs, and they probably did it for longer. I thought in the Melbourne game. I think the Western Bulldogs need to slow the game down at certain times and push a couple, push and pull a couple of levers, and maybe it's a it's a beverage thing, but they need to hold the ball a little bit longer and uh, work their way through contests to get their confidence back up. And yeah, it's I didn't like what I saw um, with the Bulldogs, but you can only play as good as they let you. But Melbourne were just dominant. They're just so organised, so structured, and I tell you what, they're going to uh, cause Brisbane Lions uh, massive, massive problems this week. It's going to be. Uh, no blower, no pushover for the Lions. It's going to be fantastic, and uh, I think the AFL have got what they wanted. The game's not not at NT, so it's a blessing in disguise. This COVID stuff, but uh, yeah. I tell you what, was the uh, you heard it on the intro of the show? It's been six thousand one hundred and fifteen days since Essendon won a final. There's a Twitter account with about two thousand followers that posts every couple of days or every week. It's a mad Bombers fan out there, and he. He posts how long it's been since the Dons have won a final. I'll tell you what, they're ninth, Richmond uh, eighth, and I think that uh, West Coast is seventh. West Coast injury list is absolutely piling up. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's a lot to like about the Dons. Their, their midfield is absolutely humming. Tipper's in great form. And I'll tell you what, looking at how they've gone this year, there's been a couple of unlucky or narrow misses. Yeah. They, they're they a top eight side in my opinion. Jeez, all right. Um yeah, yeah, have been pretty strong in the Bombers the last couple of weeks, and they have won three in a row. Um, and and listen, going over to West Coast, beating West Coast, they are undefeated uh, on their home deck going in. So let's not understate that win. Uh, they were also, I think, nearly five goals down at one stage in the run. So um, you know they've let a couple slip the other way where they've been in front. I know Hawthorne at the start of the year, remember they were up by uh, maybe forty points, thirty nine points, and got run down. So you know, as you said, there's you know the live betting this year is definitely throwing up some curls. You um you can come from four four to six goals off and, and run downsides, but that win over there is probably one of their best they've had in a long time, Essendon, um, as a team performance. Uh, I know West Coast were under the bat a bit with a few injuries, but no excuses on their home deck. And uh, Essendon to run them down and win were, were very impressive. Whether they can make the final eight uh, is still yet to be determined, obviously, but um, they're still outsiders to make the final eight for mine. 
Mm. Let's have a look at uh, the bookie wrap from last week. It's gone now uh, seven and nine. It just seems to be the constant theme here. Seventy-eight percent. The line five and nine, and the overs uh, was six and nine for the season. It's seventy-two and ninety-nine at seventy-three percent. The lines fifty and ninety at fifty-one percent, and then the total over fifty-four and ninety, just edging slightly over there. It, uh, I guess, the theme now is these these Sunday results, isn't it? Yeah, they've had um, – yeah, just going back and doing the stats, uh, speaking to a bookie actually on the Saturday, I think, going into the Sundays said, you know, obviously Saturday's been a complete fill-up with the races combined with mm. the sport. Uh, he said uh, it'd be nice to get a Sunday result. <laughs> and then you wake up uh, Monday morning and they've run 3-0 and again. But we've actually had uh, five weeks in a row now of uh, the three games being on the Sunday. The favourites have won every one and they're actually on a 16-game winning streak on the wow. Sunday game. So it extends just uh, the six weeks. So we've only got two games coming up this week, obviously, with the uh, the bye week, but uh, it might be something just to figure the punters are getting the late fight backs on the Sunday. They might have to uh, keep the powder dry <laughs> earlier in the week because the, the bookies dominate early and then the punters are throwing a couple of jabs back late. Mm, let's uh, let's have a look at the hits and misses from round 11. There's a graphic on the screen, but I'll read them out anyway. Collingwood were 30.5 to 19.5 in probably one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Collingwood Geelong under. Uh, was a slight go there, 153 to 150.5. Brisbane and GWS was 166.5 to 170. Uh, the Gold Coast Hawthorne total moved six points to the under. It missed. Uh, the Bombers were fancied at the line, 30.5 to 22.5. And then the West Coast Eagles total was 163.5 back to, I think it was 139.5. And then it, uh, yeah, what a, I think it's... Close ju- 151. Ju- close 151. So there's a middle hit there, and you found that uh, that middle on the AFL Stings, which was good work. But, yeah, we are watching the races, weren't we? And uh, the Belmont uh, track sort of gave it away. Clouds started to open up, and it was time to pull the trigger, and the market really moved quickly there. It, the forecast rain just didn't quite hit until uh, during the match, so those teams uh, handled the, uh, this, the wet conditions easily. Richmond, uh, minus 20.5 to 24.5. They got perfect conditions up there in Queensland. And then Carlton, 18.5 to 12.5, a miss. It feels like Carlton's been backed every week. They are an absolute pet of the bookies at the moment. And then Fremantle Dockers, they were 30.5 to 22.5, and that was a miss. Mm, fascinating uh, week of AFL, and I think it's starting, or well, the picture for me is starting to get a lot, lot clearer. And there's a couple of sides that are just absolutely legless, and uh, sadly, Hawthorne are one of them. Now, let's talk about the sting of the tail. We've got a lot to cover on the show, so I'll just keep it punching and keep rolling. But we've already mentioned uh, how bad the, uh, the Collingwood and Geelong spectacle was. Speaking of perfect conditions, the last couple of weeks, Collingwood have played in unbelievable conditions for AFL football. Even when it's a little bit you know, nippy outside, a little bit cold, it's, it's pristine conditions at the MCG. And what's happening at Collingwood is awful, and yeah. Geelong have become this side that once a team starts to play defensively, they go into their shell as well and scrape out a win. I thought Geelong controlled the game for the entirety. Yeah. Collingwood were never a winning chance, no. but the standard of game was awful. And old Robbo from 360 got your go to, I don't know why you watch the show. You're better than that. Well, we have to for research purposes. You know, you need all the uh, intel coming through you, Nico. You should know that. You love watching the show uh, and you make me watch it every week. But, um, yeah, disappointing with, um, 
you know, someone who is uh, essentially got a large part of their income and their job um, from the output of being football, being entertainment, based on ratings, TV rights, all the, all the things down the line that we can talk about. But to come out and actually champion that game and make a point of it on the show a couple of nights ago is uh, very disappointing because, you know, if, if, if they did any kind of poll, uh, there'd be very few people putting the yes button that that's the kind of football that they want to see going forward. Mm. Um, so the quote we're talking about is, Robbo would rather see a 51-61 scoreline rather than Geelong go out and pump Collingwood or win by 30 or 50 points in a high-scoring encounter. And I, my counter that argument is, I thought Richmond, well, Adelaide, oh, sorry, Adelaide gave a bit of a yelp for half a game, but Richmond blew them off the park. I'd, and that was perfect conditions also. I'd rather see that game with the high scores involved, and I still didn't think Adelaide were much of a chance after half time, and it was it was a lopsided contest. I'd rather see that game nine nine times out of ten, yeah. rather than what we saw on Saturday. It was abysmal, and this narrative around Robbo saying, "Oh yeah, pat on the back, and you've been competitive and stuff," it's just ugly. And they've they've crafted and changed the rules to to cater yeah, for yeah. higher scoring, yeah. and then the coaches are going back the other way to save their bacon. Yeah, well, they've got to move bucks on. Well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, we're in COVID chaos at the moment. People don't know what their left and their right hands are doing at the moment. The AFL certainly don't know. And, uh, you know, they can't even uh, portray the uh, message in their media properly at the moment. Um, we just can't have um, a selling point that a 60 to 50 scoreline is good for the game. Um, no one enjoys it. Um, people won't pay to go and watch it. I know we don't have crowds right now. But the coaches, by and large, control the scoring outcomes of games because the rules are pretty much the same, you know, in terms of like nine, nine teams go out and this game can have a 200 to 220 uh, totals and some, like Collingwood, the last three weeks, their totals have been under 118 points. So it's, it's not just a one-off game for people who want mm. to come back and say, oh, it was a one-off game, Collingwood Geelong, they're both low-scoring sides. We get all that. Collingwood, the last three weeks, their totals have not reached over 118 points. So if crowds were allowed to go, and I know Collingwood are two and nine, but who's enjoying that? No, no one goes and enjoys that. You know that's why they don't get crowds to soccer in Australia. You know if we want to see negative games, we'll go and watch a soccer game. You know, um, I, I, I just think the AFL's got to be played in the right way, and that's why people get back on board really quickly. And Essendon is a classic example in that. You know, you just mentioned they've gone six thousand days without playing a final. Yet they turned the corner really quickly this year, and their their fans thought they were in for a year, a bit like your Hawks. Well, the, the daggers were out for Rutten. They he was coming off the back blocks. Everyone yeah. thought he'd be too defensive, and they yeah. were bagging him from and the he outset. Was. He was early. You know when when uh, you know Hurley was in the side. Hurley, if you watch Hurley and isolate him, and it's been done in the media that his first inclination when he would take a mark is to look backwards mm. and sideways and slow play it. Um, at some stage, someone's got into Rutten's ear and said, listen, we want to play an attacking style and we want what the fans love. And the players enjoy it more. The energy's far greater. Well, you don't second-guess yourself. Correct. And you'll make mistakes, and that's fine. you know. And they can pin it on they've got some young players and stuff like that. But the brand of football they're, they're playing at the moment is watchable, not just by Essendon's supporters, but AFL fans. And I, I just think um, you know other teams, and especially like Collingwood, Buckley's just got to change his thought process. And there's plenty of examples that you see on the weekend where they could have taken the ball, split the game open in the middle to go his side bottom, all great ball users, and they decided the negative option. So it's obviously the message coming out of Collingwood, and hopefully on the back end of the year, you know, you'll see a change in the Collingwood play. Mm. The uh, the next, I guess, sting of the tail is uh, 
I guess it's uh, professional athletes. Um, and I think there's uh, there's been much talk over the last couple of days about Osaka withdrawing and all of a sudden Jack Rewalt has now come out and said that uh, he won't be a part of the hubs with this new COVID uh COVID, you know, hub proposal and the players don't want to have a year from last year and I think they're probably entitled to yep. not live out of a suitcase and have their lives completely thrown over the place. But I guess with their high salaries, there comes some sort of sacrifice, um, sacrifice yep. um, and there needs to be some sort of professionalism and, yeah, I guess if Jack Rewalt doesn't play, there's probably someone else that will fill the void and maybe Callum Jones is yep. the, the player that subs in if Jack Rewalt doesn't want to comply with uh, with the hub life. But I guess what's on our our doorstep now is this Naomi Osaka thing. And I, I feel sorry for her, but you, you've got a different opinion. Well, I just think, I mean, there's always two sides to most stories um, and you can you can champion either cause. Um, you know, you've been having your dash at the political courses this year with me and, uh, you know, I don't want to get involved. But just in, you know, talking about pro athletes in general and this week we've come up with Osaka as being obviously the uh, the head storyline and the AFL won't be far behind him. And what you said about Jack Rewalt, his motivations in life are probably a little bit different uh, right now. Um, so he should come across when he's championing his cause as that's my personal opinion. And it's not for the team because, you know, if you interviewed someone like Callum Jones who just played, you know, what, his second Desperate game. Desperate to play. Desperate to play. And his lifestyle would be different. And if you said, listen, you've got to go in the hub for the next two months maybe or three months to complete this season, I'm sure he's putting his hand up to go. But if Jack doesn't want to go, again, that's your decision. You know, no one is forcing you. There's no gun to your head. If you want to be a pro athlete, then that is part of your job. And if it dictates for you to go and travel, then that's what you've got to do. The players did it last year. And did they come out surviving, Nico? Did anything happen to them? All survived, What's all that? safe, all got paid. <laughs> there, was a Every- couple, there was a couple of whoopsies in there. Yeah, but by, <laughs> by and large, all players come out okay. They're all playing this year. Yeah. Nothing, nothing happens. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. But it's a mental toll. And I think 100%. So, someone like Naomi Osaka, she's she's achieved a lot in a very short time. And what's the mental toll on that? And you just don't know what's going on in her personal life. And I guess yeah. it's really dangerous to speculate. Like, does anyone know what's happened in my personal life for the last 12 months? But still, like, people are going to offer opinion and have an opinion. I do. <laughs> like it's um, like yeah. some and some of the vulture responses from guys like Piers Morgan and all this this press like I don't I don't blame them and you see Nick Kyrgios like I'm actually a big fan of him and like you've got some idiot asking you a question that probably the bloke just asked before he hasn't listened to the answer like some of these dweebs that are journalists they just make their they make their crust on this sensationalism Correct. crap and the mainstream media yeah. is now just an absolute sewer so. I actually think most of the press uh, after-match press conferences are absolute garbage anyway. So yeah. I, I'm actually in her corner big time. And like the long-term effect for Osaka is she's going to lose sponsors and she'll lose prize money. So there'll be the, the natural attrition. So if Naomi doesn't want to participate, fine. But yeah. I'll put this I'll put put this one to you. Okay. okay? So the AFL and NRL. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what's coming here. Do you think that the game is better for Indigenous players? It's dream time at the moment. The NRL, you've seen that like amazing ad. You see how good Tipper is and all these players, how good Franklin was. Do you think the AFL and NRL are better for having Indigenous players in the game? Yes, yes. or no? Yes. Okay. I, I, the second part of this question is, how many Indigenous players would continue to play in AFL and NRL if they were forced to do mandatory presses? This is a hypothetical. So if, if Buddy... 
and if Tipper all had to go and face the face the press after every game like Osaka does, how many do you think would still be in the game? Well, the difference between well, I would say yes because it's part of being a professional. Okay, so you know you want to you want to go to the negative side and protect the players who want to bitch and moan basically about it, get overpaid for what they do. Because they can go and if they just play tennis or play AFL or play NRL, they can go and play club for nothing and no one will care. There's no social media, there's no pressure, and you can be the best in your game. If you just do it for the love and you don't want to do it for the financial gain, then go and play. The but media will leave you alone, trust me. But no the game's one, poorer for it. Cyril Rioli walked away. The next person will step up, correct? Cyril Rioli walked away from the game. And and did and the, the game, AFL's poorer for it. Did the game survive? The game survived. The game the, goes the, on, correct. But and, Hawthorne and, are poorer for it. As, when, a, as a fan, I, I I'm know, poorer for it. Buddy Franklin's one of the best players to ever play the game, correct? He's in most people's top five or ten. Never done know. much media. Correct. But when he leaves the game in the next one to three years, the game goes on. You know, I mean, unfortunately, the AFL lost Adam Goods, one of the champions in the last 20 years. Look at what the media did to them. 100%. I, I know that was a bit different, but in terms of like, you know, and hopefully they will get him back into the game. But, you know, players move on. It's the, the sport survives and the players are cycled through, correct? Yep. Okay, so what I'm saying is 100%, and, and I'm sure many wouldn't cope if they have to do media every time they play a game. The difference between an individual sport and a team sport is they can share it around, correct? Yeah. So they are asked to do it. Players do interviews at halftime walking off the ground. They do them after the game. They do them in the change rooms, not just the mainstream media that you see. You see how many reporters are in a room of an AFL game after the game, radio, TV and everything. Some, of the, some players do up to 10 to 15 mm. interviews before they hit the showers. So that's part of their obligation, Nico. You can't put your hand up and sign a three, four-year year deal for anywhere from half a million to a million dollars a year and say, I'm just going to play football. Mm. The TV rights don't demand that. They don't want silence. They need to fill the 24-hour channel that they've got as Fox Footy. And part of that, the fans want to see the stars. Do you want to just watch Robbo and Wheatley rabble on tw- 12 hours a well, day I on that channel? They want to mix up. So you've got to interview players. You've got to have content. And the fans want to see the, the players speak. As part of it, they want to know that they know them. You know what I mean? And so Asaka is exactly the same. So, do you think, like going forward, do you think she should be able to opt in and out of presses, or if she no. if she doesn't comply, she should be run out of the game? It's not run out of the game. You well, know, she just sensu- opts out. You're sensationalising it. It's her choice, correct? Yes. So she's not forced to be a professional tennis athlete. No. Okay. So, so she's out of the game. So if she doesn't comply to the the big business of tennis and and sit through the presses that she hates and Kyrgios hates and all these players don't like, they well, do enough social media stuff anyway, so they can connect to their fans via Instagram. But the media landscape is changing. They've own, got their own channel. That's for their own gain. That's different. Okay. So on the back of being that's good for tennis. Okay. That's, that's out and that's going over and above. To promote the game. They're still promoting the game. They're just doing it by a different vehicle and they're having yeah. more choice and flexibility. But how did the brand of Naomi Osaka happen? The, through what? Through the through the game. Through the game. Yeah. So she owes the game. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you a quick start. I don't think... I'll give you a quick start, Nico. Nico, I'll give you a quick start. Okay, She's go. 23 years of age, right? She's a four-time Grand Slam champ. She's number two in the world, okay? No one doubts her ability on the court. But the last 12 months, she, she's reportedly made $55 million 
Five million came of prize money. Where did the other 50 million come from? Mm, endorsements. Endorsements from 25 brands she sponsors. Mm. Now, do you think she would have any of those if she wasn't well, the number two in the Absolutely so, not. So but, she's getting a $55 million pay packet and she can't handle a 10 to 20-minute press conference after a two-hour match. You know, it, I, I think it comes down, you've got to look the other way. I think Naomi's been let down by those people around her, whether it's her coach, her team, her media advisor. Like, what was the upside of her going on and did what she did in the, uh, the couple should, of days? She probably just ha- should, have, should have just pulled out. Massive error. Well, she this was targeted, correct? I mean, I think she wanted to get maximum exposure. She's got the Olympics coming up in her home country in two months' time, and she's one of the faces of the Olympics if it goes ahead. This was... This was planned. The outcome wasn't. She knew she, she's never been past the third round in the French Open, so she knows she can't win the tournament. It's in her head anyway. So she thought, all right, I'm going to make a statement here and I'm going to see how much positive content I can get. I'm going to take on and see. I don't like doing media um, conferences after games and this is the stance I'm going to take. It just went south for her, mm. you know, and it came south in such a wave that all of a sudden now she can't handle the backlash because she's not used to it and herself was let down by what her actions were as a professional tennis player, but also the team around her. And I think her media advisors and stuff have got a lot to answer for. And I'm not having to go at her personally. I'm just saying as part of a pro athlete, if you put your hand up and you want to earn the money and get the media, she does a lot of media. She's on social media daily. Mm. That's her choice again. She doesn't have to do it. There's plenty of players that don't do any social media. So again, that's her choice. She wants to be in the public eye. She just doesn't want any of the negativity about it. So I just think as part of a pro you need to learn all the game, and if she struggled with media conferences, look at Ash Barty. Look at the way you, you saw how she handled it. Right, her statement was that no question in a press conference has ever kept her awake at night. Hmm. She goes, "I love you guys. I love coming in here." That's a different attitude. Rafa Nadal, who came in and he said that he owes everything to the game of tennis. He doesn't have the the lifestyle and everything. He went down a long list of what the the tennis game's given to him and he has respect for those who have fought before him to put him in the position and Rafa Nadal will leave the game for those coming up behind him in a better position. Can Naomi Osaka say the same thing? Well, I think she's paving a way and she'd be a really good ambassador for her people and for a lot of women around the globe. But I, my final point is, and I don't want to just, you know, one up or do anything like that, but... You will. No, well, I, just <laughs> no, because don't. you don't like the spotlight yep. doesn't mean you're ungrateful, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. Yep. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't play. And so Correct. my opinion is if we've got someone like Buddy Franklin or we've got a tipper or someone who doesn't want to do the media, but they're an absolute dominant force in the game, if we hear from him once a year or someone like Cyril, I don't want to run him out of town. I don't want to lose that that person to the game. And Naomi's proven how good she is. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to force her to do that. Yeah. But and I guess we'll have to tend to just like, – Yeah, and no, no. And, and I don't know what's going on in her life. Yeah, She could have true. something very traumatic to happen. Correct. Her partner or whatever. There could be some big issues. And yep. you, only, you only find out six months – Later down the track to figure out what's going to happen. Correct. A few instances on that 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 you, you don't let's not um, jumble up a team sport to an individual sport. And this is part of the reason why individual sports get paid a bit more. Tennis is a lot more high profile. It's worldwide sport compared to AFLs, which is in a bubble. And a team sport can take pressure off others. Correct. If you're having a bad time on the individual tennis, you can't send in your coach, which maybe is an option down the track. Maybe if a player's come off a defeat and they're not in the mood, why can't you send in the coach to go the change the rules? Yeah. You know, um, and maybe change will come with that. I'm not talking about the mental health status of it. I want to, you know, our dialect here was more directing that if you agree to become a professional athlete in your sport, 
you must cover all the bases um, to give back to the sport. Now, I think that's where Naomi's maybe missed the point a bit, just in my opinion. Mm. We're going to see some absolute fireworks because the AFL players are up in arms with the hubs and the NRL players are at war with Peter Volandis too. So will there be a strike or will there be some action? Daily Cherry Evans has come out swinging. He's representing the players uh, on the Players Association and it uh, looks like all the media up in New South Wales are starting to toe the line behind Peter Volandis, which sort of makes me sick. All right, moving <laughs> on, let's talk about – we'll talk uh, a little bit about last week. Uh, we'll talk about the Round 12 action this week it's absolute mayhem with all the different venues we'll have a look at mark's uh all australian team they don't play not like the origin but uh everyone loves to have a little bit of a speculator on uh, and recognize who the best players in the game are it's a short week so we'll uh we'll, we'll tear apart his uh his side we've got nrl round 13 with top rope it is absolutely treacherous stuff there he's absolutely on fire i think he's running at about seven and a half percent for the year so uh with all the changes with people in uh the origin camps he's the guy to look for for a winner with this uh, this week in the NRL, and we'll have a look at the state of origin. We'll even get top ropes team. He fancies himself as a bit of a selector. He's probably a silent selector in the Queensland team by the look of uh, his results. And dear, oh dear, lock of the week. Thank God we've banked a 10K uh, for the bulldozer for raise.org.au. Otherwise, we'd be very, very embarrassed. We'd have to uh, stump up the cash ourselves. But lock of the week. Oh, my God, the Hawks cost me, and we're all back down to $200. Make sure this week you're betting with topsport.com.au. They're family owned and operated. They've done so for about 35 years. Book with, bet with a bookmaker you can trust. Bet with the Merlands up at the Gold Coast, topsport.com.au. We'll take a break and uh, we'll talk more AFL next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. A unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm Scoot. You've got MG here, and we've got Top Rope later on to talk rugby league. But first up, we're going to have a look at uh, Mark's All-Australian team. So if we press pause now, uh, this is the lineup that Mark would select as the best-performed AFL players. So he's left out uh, a couple of teams here. So St Kilda fans in North Melbourne, um, you may as well look away now because it's not good signs for you. And I was a little bit surprised. Being a Hawthorne supporter, I'm... Uh, I'm shocked that we've got a player in there. I think we're going insipidly. There'd be no Hawthorne player in my uh, All-Australian team. But uh, we've got uh, the team up on screen now. But for those listening uh, via the podcast world, we've got the back line. Stasevich, uh, Andrews, a couple of Brisbane Lions players there. Stephen May is absolutely on fire. Halfback, we've got Mills, Wiedering, and Tommy Stewart. Sam Walsh, Tom Mitchell, McRae in his centre line. This is Mark's team and not mine. Petrarca Walker, that's the big Texan. I pot him every week. Bontem Pelly. Uh, and then we've got Fritz, Harry McKay or Mackay. Dustin Martin in the forward pocket. Interesting selection there. And then for the followers, we've got Gorn, Oliver, Ollie Wines. And the interchange, this has sort of got my goat up a little bit. Jack Darling. Looks like uh, Tarzan plays like Jane. Cor- uh, what's his name? Darcy Parrish. I was going to say Corey Parrish, the jockey there. Darcy Parrish, uh, Guthrie, and Lyons, who's absolutely on fire. And then you've named Bontempelli as the captain and the coach. Good one. Wow. Couple- the media wanted him sacked not long ago. That's true. Isn't yes. this game funny? Yes. Hardwick, they wanted him sacked. Have a look at him now. Yes. Buckley's meant to be the best coach since sliced bread. Dixon, Benny Dixon. 
uh, Doodle Dixon, who uh, isn't afraid to give his opinion. That'll be the last time he's hosting uh, first crack. <laughs> he came out swinging. He said that uh, Bucks is as intelligent as uh, Clarkson. I'm not sure if he got that right, but a lot of what Ben Dixon said on first crack was absolutely spot on. I loved his opinion. He wasn't uh, scared to say how bad the game is going. So that will be the last time we see of Ben Dixon. Now, I'm going to just pick apart this uh, this All-Australian team that you've just uh, put through. Tom Mitchell in the, in the centres. I tell you what, Mark, how you've left out Darcy Parish is beyond me. You've got, to, I know you've got family ties to Essen, so you like to just rib, rib the in-laws <laughs> about the bombers. But he was he was exceptional on the weekend, and he's an absolute spark. I can't believe you've got him, uh, yeah, well, on the bench. Well, hang on a sec. I think I think last week I uh, might have tipped him up as a smoky around the uh, forty-one dollars <laughs> parish. So, and I haven't left him out. He's on the bench, so you know, don't stamp the foot too hard. Um, Listen, it was close, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought Mitchell was having such a great year, but his stats so far uh, suggest otherwise. Uh, and he is a Brownlow medalist, so he's not exactly a, uh, a surprise selection. Put him in the middle because that's where the only position he plays and uh, Parrish has made the bench. But, you know, slight alteration if, if, you, if you're that uh, disappointed by it, you know, Parrish might end up on the ground. McCluggage, he's carried Brisbane with no Neil. You haven't even got him on the side. Yeah, he's uh, he's going okay, McCluggage. He's not he's not tearing the world apart. He's, he's certainly not having the year that he had last year. Um, he's he's going good, but um, you know where do you, where do you want to place him? You you, you know like Walsh on the wing. Oh, probably Walsh should move to the bench. Yeah. Perhaps okay. uh, I'd probably yeah I'd probably lean uh, Tipper or Cozzy Pickett in the forward pocket over Martin. I don't know about these all Australian teams. You can you just can't stack them with midfielders. You have got to play people in position. Toby Green I thought was really unlucky. I know he's out for a week or so, but I think the line the lion's share of the amount of matches that he's played. I think he's like not he's played nine matches. I think what he's done in nine matches is enough. And I tell you what, you've made an absolute whoopsie at centre half forward here, Tex Walker. <laughs> This is this is not a this is not man. a super rules team. Aaron Norton from the Bulldogs straightens them up, and he's probably he's probably won two or three games off his own boot for the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, well, the the All Australian team's obviously very subjective, and you know you lay out twenty two players, you're not going to get all twenty two right. I think uh, you know I've been in some competitions in the past, and I think the winner normally gets <laughs> around sixteen seventeen, which might surprise many people. But you know when you have your own crack at the All Australian at the end of the year you'd be surprised at how many you do miss. So it's very subjective. Listen, I just went with McKay, automatic full forward. Would I have him at full forward in my own All-Australian team? Probably not, but if you're leading the Coleman, you get in. Tex Walker, uh, it was a toss-up between him and Darling. Darling's on the bench. Uh, I'd have Norton a few back right now, uh, but obviously you rate him highly. Um, and Dusty Martin, now if you're picking your All Australian team and you want to leave Dusty out, then that's your loss. But he plays. It's not last year's team, Mark, or the year before. You, well, you can't just pick on reputation. Well, and have a look at this. Just where, where, I'll tell you what. Where, where's you, Dusty sitting in the uh, the order of the Brownlow Medal at the moment? He's probably in the top half a dozen. He, he, he rotates a lot through the midfield, though. Correct. So he does play forward. He does play some forward. Okay, so forward pocket's not exactly a uh, a far stretch. Um, you know, I can't put him on the ball, and he deserves to be in there. So maybe, maybe he could have gone the bench, but I'm not leaving the greatest player out in the last ten years, and uh, he's going okay this year. 
Mm. Um, it's a funny one, isn't it? You've got Fritch and McKay. I'd hate to see them in a, uh, a grand final. They just want to snap the ball <laughs> and they may go to water. At least yeah. if I put Norton and Bontempelli and Petrarca in my forward 50, at least I've got a couple of blokes that can kick a drop punt under pressure. Yeah. All right, enough of the Mickey Mouse stuff, enough of the uh, the fantasy football there. Let's have a look at uh, round 12. It is an absolute mouthwater. You'll see the odds courtesy of topsport.com.au on the screen now. And we've got the Ds. The Ds have opened up one second. 74 and four and a half point favourites against Brisbane Bears, the big bad Lions up there at Giant Stadium. I tell you what, you've gone from Traeger Park in the NT in Alice Springs to absolute Mordor, Giant Stadium. There won't be any COVID out there. Hopefully a couple of people turn up. It'll be a good litmus test to see how many people actually like AFL. This is an absolute blockbuster. We see that uh, over 50,000 tickets of the Dreamtime match, Richmond yep. and Essen, have already been sold in Perth. Uh, if they can't get 20,000 to this Melbourne-Brisbane game, it's an absolute stink. Well, they won't. They won't get 20,000. I think there was about 500 people at the Hawthorne game last week against them. Gold Coast Suns I think, at the SCG. Uh, I'm not sure... Uh, what the balance came up, and I'm sure Melbourne said, no, we're not going to the Gabba to play this, which I understand totally from a Melbourne's point of view. But, um, you know, if they're, if they're worried about their finances, um, they let's let, let's not hear them argue about that because they, they could have gone to the Gabba and it would have been a sellout. Um, so unless they're getting compensated by the AFL for making this move, I understand from Melbourne why you wouldn't want to go to the Gabba mm. the way the, oh, the ladder is at the moment. But let's let's not um, cry foul at some stage Melbourne's, Melbourne club that um, – you know, our finances have been hurt because they could have gone to the Gabba, I'm sure, and, you know, they would have been uh, well remunerated for that. So, um, you know, interesting clash. It only came out last night that they decided to go to Giant Stadium. Um, you know, but I hope they get 10,000 there. I doubt it. But, um, you know, uh, if people want to see a great game of AFL, I, I think they play it in the right way, both sides, very attacking. Um, and hopefully the, the weather's good, which it looks like it will be. This will be a cracker. So it's first v third on the ladder. Um, you know, uh, Melbourne have obviously had the slight hiccup on Adelaide two weeks ago, losing a point. Otherwise, they've got a clean sheet. They've beaten all the top sides around, and Brisbane's the last one. Um, Brisbane have now won seven in a row, so their form is you on know, the road too. They've the, early in the season they had a horror draw. They're, yeah, they're, no fears on the road. These guys and Lockie Neal back. Yeah, Lockie Neal. Well, if will he, he need he, the run? If he ticks off the boxes, he'll be back. Uh, he's sort of the player that doesn't need the run, in my opinion. Is he? He's a pro's pro. Yeah. He'll uh, he'll probably come out and uh, and tear Melbourne a new one. Um, whether he's got the legs to see out the full game, but um, yeah, an eighty percent, ninety percent Neal's better than no Neal, um, and it just makes the the midfield matchups unbelievable. Um, you know, you've got you know last year's Brownlow medalist, and you've got four or five in the top ten. Uh, at the moment in the current betting, all playing in the one match, all coming out of the midfield. Um, now, this match will be worth watching. From a betting point of view, the early markets kind of come out around the four, Melbourne, which I, th- I think is about right. Um, I think this will be a bit like last week with the uh, Melbourne Bulldogs. I think the market will hold pretty true. Uh, it's a no-play game for this. I, I just think everyone can sit back and watch this. Um, and if, if if you like a side, then back it and cheer at home. But uh, I know you're real keen on Melbourne. You've jumped, you've hit your wagon to Melbourne uh, just of late. You, you don't mind the latter leaders, but uh, I'm hoping Brisbane sneak over the line here and make it eight straight. Mm. Interesting. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't say I've hitched my wagon to the D's, but I think the home ground advantage of uh, the MCG might uh, play heavily in their favour later in the year. But uh, if COVID gets a hold of Melbourne, which uh, it's every possibility, all of a sudden uh, things might open up for Brisbane Lions. So who knows? Uh, maybe 
but they'd play the game at Perth, wouldn't they? The grand final this year, if COVID run right, and I'm just not sure who that suits. Well, I think. Um, well, I don't know how they do it, but I, I would say the home team, as long as say West Coast weren't in the uh, weren't in the grand final, they'd pro- Perth would have to be the front runner. I'm West sure. Coast will not be in the grand final, Mark. Well, I'm just stating the fact a, that if they weren't, I'm not sure what their premiership odds. We'll look at it later, but yeah. They're no, dropping I'm, like flies. No, I'm saying so. If West Coast were happen to make it through to the grand final, they probably wouldn't get a um, a home grand final yeah. in Perth. Maybe Adelaide. I would think. Yeah. Well, Port may not be in the grand final either. They've got options, and it's a long way down the track. But yeah, things could fall Brisbane's way, and uh, if they do, um, that's good news for those who are on. What price could you take a couple of years ago? No grand final at the MCG two years in a row. There'll be no price. <laughs> wouldn't exist the mcg have got it tied up but um yeah covid struck and it might strike a second time so um yeah i'll see that it's a long, long way away nice segue into perth on saturday night we've got essendon my new team against uh mark's team richmond he just can't drop off them a dollar 49 the tiglets 270 the dons and the line is 13 and a half Packed house. Good yeah, to see. Dream time in Perth. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's it's awesome that uh, it will be a sellout this one, no doubt. The Perth crowd, um, as you said, already fifty thousand tickets are sold. Um, you know, Perth love their sport, and to to see something that they can only travel to Melbourne for the dream time, they'll put on a great show, and uh, hopefully, and I think this will be a great game as well. You know, the weather um, is a bit iffy at the moment, but hopefully they uh, they the weather turns out well, and uh, these two teams will put on a show. Um, I have no doubt. The way Essendon play and Richmond like to attack as well. Mm. Um, again, the Friday night and Saturday night, if you've got nothing better to do, <laughs> most people are in COVID, especially <laughs> in Melbourne. Um, we've got two good games to watch for sure. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you might not have said this, but now Richmond have got got a lot of their players back. Hopefully Edwards is back for Richmond this week. Um, Essendon trucking well. They'll, they'll go in full of confidence. Essendon uh, definitely have the advantage of winning over in Perth last week and staying, and staying there. there. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely uh, to to their advantage. Where Richmond have had to move north and then will have to fly all the way over to Perth. That's that's got to be a little edge for them for sure. Um, but this will be this will be a good game. But um, just at the current line at the thirteen, uh, unlike yourself, been trying to squeeze a bet out of Nico. We'll get there by the end of the week. That. Uh, I'm slightly favouring Richmond. I just think with Cotchen back in this lineup, I know I've told this for many years now, they're a different team with Cotchen in. doesn't matter the dominance he plays. They stand taller when Cotchen is in their side, and you saw it again last week. Uh, when he returns, everyone grows around him, and I just think with Edwards coming back on top, for mine, 13 and a half is cheap, and, but it does look like Essendon uh, might go their way um, in terms of the market betting, so there's no rush to back into Richmond, but um, I think they're the side of that price. Well, well, I might as well back. I'll, I'll back the bombers with you then for a, a bottle of goose. All right, all right, sweet. I'll take thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half bottle of goose. That sounds good. Might have to bet for top rope as well. He likes taking you on for the goose. We'll check with him later. <laughs> all right. If you uh, want more of Mark's AFL action, check out AFL Stings in the Little Birdie Shop. I think it's seventeen dollars for this week, uh, and then it's one hundred and eighty for the rest of the season. And then uh, we'll reset the prices for the next run of six weeks, so you can just buy them in blocks. So check that stuff out. He does all the games, all the analysis, and uh, it's a pretty beefy document. It's a few pages long. It's got uh, a heap of stuff there. Our next segment is buy, hold, and sell, and that's where we look at the AFL futures. And we've got the premiership market on screen now, and the odds are courtesy of Top Sport. And the flag favourites are Brisbane Lions five dollars, the D's five fifty, Bulldogs five fifty, Tigers six fifty, seven dollars, seven fifty. 
Uh, the Eagles are out to $18. Sydney Swans, $26. And my Bombers are $51. Bit stagnant up top. I'd like a little bit more opinion from the bookies. Similar theme all week. COVID chaos, but uh, it doesn't look too far wrong with those. I think it's a, a still a big golf. I think Brisbane Demons and the Western Bulldogs are clear ahead of the, the rest of the pack, in my opinion. You've dropped off Richmond? No, I, I, just, I, I just think, um, <laughs> I, you know, I think betting into the premiership, unfortunately, at the moment with the year, it looks like the way it's panning out at the moment, uh, someone's going to end up with an advantage um, at some stage. Um, so the premiership betting is probably just a little trepidation when you're betting, um, you know, because you don't want to bet one side and then all of a sudden the, the finals are played in Brisbane or Perth or something like that where advantage is one side. But um, I just think it, I, I think they've just gone Brisbane favourite at the moment just on what happened last year and, and they may play the winter through the north. It might help their draw, guaranteeing them a top two to four spot Brisbane. Uh, obviously Melbourne and Bulldogs are going well. The bookies just aren't going to release Richmond. They've done too much damage in the last four years on them. Uh, and as you said, West Coast is starting to get out, Sydney a little bit. And uh, if you like Essendon, $51. They haven't won a final in 6,000 days, Nico. So um, you'd be brave to back $51. They're hungry. <laughs> you need that hunger. And that is something I think Richmond don't quite have. And Geelong look a little bit lacklustre still. They just keep lowering themselves to other people's standards. So let's have a look at uh, the Brownlow medal market. And Marcus Bontempelli, $4.60 despite a loss last week. We've got Clayton Oliver. Mark's been all over him at the big price, five sixty. Petrarca also is another one that Mark's found, six twenty five. Martin. 925, McRae, similar quote. McCluggage, 12. Wines, 12. Walsh, 14. Boak, 14. Darcy Parrish has been on the move, 34 into $17. He's with Guthrie at 16. And again, there's, uh, there's sort of not much cream here, or is there any value? Uh, you, you've been big on Clayton Oliver for the last couple of weeks. Can you still back him if if you've missed the boat? Is 560 still a price? Because the, D, the D's draw is okay, isn't it? They're still going to win a lot of games. They're going to finish top four, but I guess so are the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's starting to shape out the way I would I would be having my current book anyway. Um, personally, I'd, I'd probably have Bont and Oliver probably about the same line of betting. Um it's just unusual, obviously, to see two in the top three. You don't often see that in the betting at the moment. We've got Oliver and Petrarca. Petrarca's just gone off a couple of a couple of weeks. He's been playing good football, just in terms of getting the 3-2-1. He's just missed a couple in Oliver's uh, match Gorn last week. I think Gorn will get the three, Oliver will get the two. Um, and McRae's obviously going well with the bond. Um Yeah, Parrish is obviously, I think he's the hot man at the moment. Uh, don't be surprised if he's nearly nutted out uh three or four best on grounds in the last month. He's really cut his price. Um, and, you know, for an each way, I think the only one so far that I've missed uh, in my book at the moment is Ollie Wines. Uh, and did I did get a heads up about a month ago saying uh, someone asking me how, how Ollie Wines was tracking. I didn't have him quite as high as hmm. uh, what uh, my associate did, and he's just gone on with the job. So um, I'm not saying Ollie Wines is value. He's just one I don't have as part of my book at the moment who is going exceptionally well. I think I think he's nearly sitting inside the top five in the current count. Um, still the same lays for mine. Martin's finally getting out. Mm. He should be double figures at least for mine, Martin. Um, and I still can't come to blokes like Walsh, Boak, Fife, uh, 
Yeah. Um, they're, they're just miles unders. You in, can't in get terms. them all, Marcos. You can't get them all. You had Darcy Parish, Parish sitting on the bench in your All-Australian <laughs> team, so you can miss some, but you're in a really sweet spot with Petrarca and Clayton Oliver, and he even tipped up Bont at the start of the year. So you've, uh, you're all over this market, and he's definitely your wheelhouse. Look at uh, the Coleman medal, Harry McKay. Uh, $1.95, Texas Walker, $6. We've been laying him, so we're in a good position there. Jackie Rewalt uh, doesn't want to play for the rest of the year. Could be a lay at $7 if it's a uh, hub life. Jack Darling, 9 Cameron, 12 My man, Aaron Norton, he's not your man, $13. Josh J. Kennedy, 13 Ben King, the one that can kick, $15. Joshy Bruce, 17 and much, much better the rest. It's good to see Charlie Cameron starting to kick yeah. a few snags as well. And uh, it's incredible uh, that Brisbane's potent forward line are all uh, massive, massive odds. So they're sharing the goals around, which is a very good sign. And there wasn't a heap of Brisbane players in Mark's All-Australian side. So are they the new Tigers? There's nothing – they're a bit workman like the Bears or the Lions. um, I think there's a lot to like about them. I had four in the side, four Brisbane players in the All-Australian side. You sure? They weren't left out. Starsevich, Andrews, Lions and – um, but listen, we lost a couple in the Coleman medal. Uh, obviously, Lynch from Richmond, who has been a mainstay near the top. Mm. Um, he still looks sore, Harry, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He copped yeah. another whack. He did. He copped another whack. And I, as soon as he went down, I took I took yeah. the 11 and a half in play. Too sharp. And uh, I was a bit sweaty for a little while, but as long the game just sort of yeah. I, panned out my way. But it's kind of funny. He bounced through it a bit, but yeah. these knocks have got to start adding up for him. I know. He doesn't look good when he takes a knock, oh, does he? It really stiffens no. him up yeah. and it, it looks like he's almost going to faint. Um, <laughs> he's, it's going to be a tough – I don't understand why the bookies aren't taking him on more. I know he keeps kicking a couple of goals. He's been holding his lead, but – um, I can't imagine punters coming in around that even money mark. It's going to be a tough watch because w- one or two more bumps, you know, might put him out for a bit. Mm. Um, and it's not like he's kicking massive amount. He doesn't have a big lead. Uh, he's got plenty around. I, I still expect someone, one or two players to jump out of the pack here. The big boys will still come. We're only halfway through the season. Um, just Long keep, way to go. I, I'm happy to lay McKay at this stage at Eaton's. Mm. I just hope he's going for the final shot to seal the Coleman and he snaps it and he kicks it out <laughs> in the full. That's all I want. Jeez. I'm an absolute sicko. Speaking of sicko, I am an absolute sicko for the ponies and I do all my form with punningform.com.au. I'd be absolutely lost without it. They've got this new fandangled business called Bias and Lanes. So you can uh, see the bias reports. Uh, Nick Ashman's all over it on Twitter uh, on his Sandown tweet there today and he'll be using it again on Saturday and they've taken over the sectional stars show, the uh, the punningform.com.au boys. So they're absolutely airborne punning form. They've also got this tricky little jockey and trainer stats thing. So you can uh, check out the new enhancements in their sectional pro form guide. So make sure you check that out. The boys from Bet Doctor all absolutely love punning form. Uh, so if you're betting the ponies, make sure you check them out. Up next, we've got uh, NRL and Hall of Fame time with one and only Top Rope today. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got the Kid MG. It's a unique look at the world of sports betting through the eyes of professionals. There's no more professional than Mr. Nicholas Tedeschi, who's joining us. (laughs) A professional narc, a professional troll. I don't know about a professional gambler, but we're here. Doing our best. Great to have all. Kicking on. Now, uh... Actually, playing the game isn't your forte, Top Rope, but a lot of fans have wrote in. They haven't. But uh, where did you play the game as a youth? Where was your position on the ground? Uh, I was stuck out on a wing, not because <laughs> I had any speed, but because I was slow and soft. 
Well, that that might make sense of why you're you're happy for the rules to pander to PVL, but uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I had to give you a little side, little bit of a side swipe. I've shared my notes pre-show, which is unlike me. I like to just ambush you with one or two things. But let's uh, let's start with a positive note. Let's talk Hall of Fame. We had Barney Curley, the uh, the swindler from the UK who died last week. It was a shame Barney couldn't be alive to uh, join the Hall of Fame. I, I, nothing pees me more than the accolades after people die it really gives me the shits people like put up all these statues the, the the bloke's dead tell people how good they are when they're in the flesh if i die tomorrow i'll go the other way Scooty. <laughs> i go the other way Scooty. I, I think you should tell people how shit they are when they're alive. <laughs> and don't and don't start pandering no one gave a damn about kurt cobain when he was still kicking but all of a sudden he's deified after he's born please you know what if you're an ordinary fella call them an ordinary fella to their face and call them an ordinary fella in death same thing. Don't change your tone. Bob Fulton? Ordinary fella. That's the male. Now, uh, Hall of Fame this week. <laughs> like Hall of Fame this week. I'm going to nominate Racing Queensland. All of a sudden, they've gotten out of bed and they've realised that punters' lives matter. All of a sudden now in Queensland, banana-bending territory, you can bet minimum bet laws from the get-go. Wow. i tell you what, that's another reason to move to Queensland. i tell you what, after this week in Lockdown hell. I'm one further step out of the door to moving to the great state of Queensland. Top rope. Who have you got for uh, so to, Hall of Fame? Well, to first, this first is you're just confirming that Racing Queensland's no longer in on the rules. Is that is that correct? The stewards are no longer in on the on, on, on the job. Okay, that's, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So maybe another positive for Racing Queensland. Big with the change up there. Stewards all on the all above board. Um, I, I find it very hard to go past Sanders. Play this week, Scooty. Uh, playing some some big money matches with, of course, the great Phil Mickelson, one-time Hall of Famer, soon to be two-time Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and such a large amount, Xander won't actually re- <laughs> reveal the amount he's playing for. Got to be a good, got to be a Hall of Famer, doesn't it? Tell you what, I don't know if you guys have been to San Diego, but the prospect of living in San Diego, about to. Uh, you got all the good golf courses down there. Torrey Pines is down there. Yeah. Imagine just playing just side action with those guys. I'm tipping Jordan will fly in for a bit of bit of a hustle. It'd just be best. It'd be better than the tour itself. Yeah, it'd be good watching just to walk around with a couple of beers in a cart. Oh. I think. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. The old money games <laughs> would be a thousand times better than watching the tour. Some real stuff up for grabs and some of the sledging that would go on. Just some of the stories you read about these bikes on the money games. There's a, there's, a, there's a good movie out there, uh, once I say good, it's okay, um, about, I think it's called the, anyway, about, it's about the the, um, the founding days of golf in Scotland and how whole ta- how it essentially started was, like there were towns would send their best player and there'd be a match. So they'd get train rides in, there'd just be this big crowd just following two blokes on a course, just playing a match, just how good would that be? The punting was through the roof. That's yeah, all you side want. Side action. Set them up, and there'd be Sorry. some nobbling, there'd some be, yeah. with some rorts. Be like two. Anyone, up anyone who's back in that milk drinker Xander to beat Phil, like Xander must be in a lot. Xander might have blown all his PJ wings. <laughs> he's playing Phil in a money match. <laughs> he can run second, can he, Xander? He seems to be always found by the modelers too. Now, speaking of cash, Nico Hines, he's uh, he's on the move from the Storm. The Fox has already gone to the Bulldogs. Where's he headed, Nico? He's off to the Sharks. Now, how's this for a deal? He's signed with the Sharks three-year deal, 1.8 million, 600 large a year. 
North Queensland Cowboys have taken Sharks reject Chad Townsend, only 15 years older, about 1,000 times worse, uh, 800,000 a year. Oh, yeah. So well done to the Sharks. They've, they've upgraded significantly. Poor old Cowboys, not so much. 600 sounds cheap for Nico Owens, isn't he? What what would he have been on on the storm if he just like signed his next contract? What 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 do you reckon their ceiling would have been? Half of that four hundred two fifty three hundred yeah okay. half that. Uh, I would have struggled to four hundred just with the amount of talent we've got on this side. Okay. and he hasn't really got a position right in their in their full strength side, so it would have been half of him. And oh, he was offered more. I, I believe he was offered more by the Warriors, but he uh, he wanted to play in the Crayfish Skip and just wants to be a good player, so wants a starting spot. So uh, well, I know he'll play five eight next year. Uh, William Kennedy will play fullback, so uh, good luck to him. I, I, I really hope he does well because he's a testament to Bellamy, he's a testament to the Storm system. I hope he's not one of those players who just fails miserably outside it. Mm. It's a shame that he uh, didn't turn up alongside the Fox at your Bulldogs, top rep. Yeah, no, we were too stupid to get him. We were too stupid. <laughs> we were probably waiting to pay Matt Moyle, Matt Moyle a million dollars a year or give Anthony Milford two million dollars a year. That's how <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other uh, big news in rugby league land is the player coup. DCE, Daily Cherry Evans, leading the charge as president of the Rugby League Players Association. Well, uh, I just read a little bit of a quote. I think, oh, I can't remember what it was. I think it's from Fox News. People can assume all they want. I'm just voicing the concerns of the broader playing group. That's all I'm doing. When asked if players are frustrated, he said, yeah, why? There's been a lack of consultation for so long. I know that Benji's come out and Benji's also said that they weren't consulted and they've never been in the room together to make all these decisions. There's talk that Cook and DCE made the rules and it's just an absolute mess and PVL's got his cheerleading press. Probably uh, probably got them all under under his thumb. The only probably person that they haven't got under his thumb is Andrew Webster who wrote an absolute cracking uh, article a couple of days ago. Make sure you check out Little Birdie TV on Twitter if you've missed that one. But uh, the other one... An immortal has come out, Andrew Johns, and this was in Forbes last week, and he might be the biggest name in the game. And he said that uh, the new enforcement might decide who wins a grand final or an origin. If this is going to continue and if someone loses an origin series or a grand final for this, I just I don't know that what we want this game to be. They've made their bed, the New South Wales legend and common man, Andrew Johns, Said top rope. Address these was this, concerns. Was, was this was this Joey uh, Joey in a professional capacity, or Joey on his way back from church bar, sitting in the gutter at <laughs> seven in the morning? Oh. Un, 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 unclear. Uh, look, the RLPA are the weakest union this side of rugby union. There is nothing else going on with them. They are, uh, Paul Kent absolutely schooled Clint Newton. Clint Newton doesn't come out and say what he wants. He doesn't represent the players. It's pretty clear that Daly Chair Evans doesn't represent the players. And then if every single player was united and adamant against PVL, PVL is going nowhere. And Ray Hadley said as much on, on NRL 360 last night. He is 100% correct. PVL will stay as long as he wants to stay. PVL runs this show. PVL saved the game last year. And PVL is saving the Come Come this week, Steve Mortimer, one of the greats of the game, is suffering from Alzheimer's at the age of 64, blaming it on, on, on the game of rugby league. Plenty of other players who, who don't want to put their name to it are suffering from similar head injuries. It's the right thing to do. And also, these aren't new rules. I'm sick of these, these oh, we need to be consultant new rules. You know what? Players stop hitting other players in the head. It's always been the rule. Not that hard. 
Top rope, I just want to do a bit of a fact check. What code went under last year? We hear all this praise for PVL. He saved this, he saved that. Or you know what? Gill saved this. And Rugby Union, I'm surprised they even play the game still. I've never heard about it, but that's still... Well, I, I had to check. They have died. I had to check for the show. Even they survived. So all this nonsense about PBL save the game. I tell you what, that is the longest bow ever. Someone had to do well, the you, job. I'm, a, he I'm was... about to draw a longer bow. I'm about to draw a longer bow because PBL <laughs> not only saved rugby league, he saved AFL and saved rugby union too <laughs> by getting sport back in the country. PBL saved every sport. Jeez, the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> How much does he get paid by PVL? Hey? This is crazy. I'm surprised he doesn't have a picture in the background of him and uh, PVL. There's hugging. a shrine. If you if you face the camera the other way, yeah. there's a little shrine that oh, he genuflect every yeah. night and he you know prays little socks off. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> let's let's have a look at uh, Top Rope's uh, state of origin team. He may be a selector. He may be like a sneaky little origin selector and. I tell you what, he, he was up and about on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Oh yeah, I need an eleven half point start favourite my New South Wales team versus the official team, and this and that." And he's he's no, no, versus Gus's team. Oh, Gus's team. Gus's team. team. Sorry, Gus's team. Well, you can't probably be shot for that. But uh, the Queensland uh, team only announced by squad has caused an oh. absolute uproar. It's ruined his week. <laughs> Just That's name him. a goddamn team. It's not that hard. Sports are the, just name the team. Some of us are very busy people. We just want to know who's playing this weekend and who's not. All of a sudden, there's confusion. Is Reid Marnie playing for the Eels this week? Will AJ Brimson play for the Tottenham? That will have a huge impact on the line. Just tell us who's, who's in the squad. It's absolutely ridiculous. It also gives Queensland a massive advantage for, for four days, not knowing who uh, New South Wales, not knowing who they're preparing for. Absolutely ridiculous. I like the tactics. Why would you uh, give your opposition a one-up if you don't have to? Let's have a look. Uh, we'll get the graphic up on the screen now. And I tell you what, you've only got three differences in the New South Wales squads. It's uh, it's pretty uh, simple stuff in the backs that speak for themselves. You've got Cody Walker over Jerome Luai. Yep. Uh, I, 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 don't think the, I don't think Origin is going to suit Luai. I think he plays with a lot of space. Uh, depends how it will be refereed, but I think Cody Walker uh, is got a bit of experience, bigger body, better player. So uh, I would have Cody Walker there for sure. And what about Jake Trevojevic? What's he ever done to you? Uh, Jake Trevojevic has played maybe two good games in the last 24 months. He's <laughs> slow. And also, he's not a prop. <laughs> the one area of strength you tell us have is an abundance of props. So why why people like Regan, Regan Campbell-Gillard you know, sitting on the sideline and, you know, all of a sudden, Jake Trevojevic's status makes absolutely no sense. It's small, slow, hopeless. And now uh, the other player you've left out, Jack White. Didn't he win the Daily M last year? I'm the Daily M going on an absolute buster this year at the Raiders. Uh, it was a close call. I can understand why to pick White. He's got a little bit of versatility there. So not not overly opposed to that on the bench. Uh, I think Burton offers a bit more, offers a bit more in terms of uh, can play every position in the back line. But can also probably bomb a hook or something, something that uh, Jack Watton can't do. But not, 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 not really super opposed to to, to the Watton selection. He's just been dreadfully out of form this year for Canberra, as all the Raiders have been. Mm, and uh, the next one uh, we've got up is the Queensland. We got Top Rope's team, and then the official. Well, we've we've turned it into a team. <laughs> but is, there, <clears throat> is there anyone out of position there, Top Rope? It looks very bland. You said you were a busy man. You, you know, the dogs ate your homework, so you've just copied theirs, or vice versa. <laughs> 
to be fair to Queensland, they don't have that many players to pick from at the moment. So, uh, for instance, so Callum Ponga will not play. He looks like he's 95% uh, out. So it looks like Brimson will go to uh, fullback and probably Joel and Gowie will come onto the bench. So, um, which is which is fine. I, I think Queensland have named probably the best side they can. And uh, that may explain the market move. Let's have a look at uh, the early look of the State of Origin match. Game one up at Townsville. That's a great story, I think, for uh, Rugby League and Australia. If it's not here in Melbourne, give Townsville a go. The crowd are absolutely ruckus, so let them just absolutely uh, rip the joint down. I uh, I love that uh, that setup. But New South Wales, $1.57, 240 Queensland up there at uh, Countryback Stadium, and the line's been fascinating. Four and a half to two and a half, and three and a half, back now to a, a flat four, and that's probably off the back of uh, Ponga's news, is it, Top Rope? Yeah, that'll be on the back of Ponga's news. I think, I, 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 to be honest, I think Brimson is pretty like for like the placement with Ponga. Uh, I, I will be very, very keen to, to take Queensland plus four, so I'll be jumping in early on that one. Uh, it's been great up there in Townsville. It's been fair. What about what about the nineteen eighty three quality entertainment? The the, the 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 twirling batons, the men on stilts. <laughs> it's come right out of the eighties. Tina Turner impersonator setting off fireworks inside that forced the evacuation of the Queensland <laughs> uh, Queensland accommodation. Hey, this is classic rugby league. I think every origin should be playing down there. Exactly. They can uh, do a good beer up there as well. And the line, they're all contentious. Sorry, the total, 42 flat. That is the biggest I've seen in origin history, I think. Uh, yeah, they, they, a couple of years ago, they were floating around the 30 and a half. I think one may have even jumped 29 and a half. Mm. So, uh, big line. I haven't really got a strong view on that yet. My inclination, based on everything I've seen this year, is to, to go, go over that number, but... Yeah, it is Origin. So it'll, 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 I'll need to have a good hard look at myself to get that one over the line. You just said it is Origin. Does that mean that the crackdown's going to stay or is that, are they going to loosen the rules up a bit? The crackdown seemed to have a few rules loosened last weekend, so that was the concern. <laughs> no, my problem's not with the crackdown. My problem is the inconsistent application of it. So, um, yeah, there were games where players were getting hit square in the head. You know, Jack Hetherington, one of the biggest recidivists in rugby league history, uh, comes out and gets penalised twice in the first two minutes for head-eye tackles, stays on the field, and other boys getting sent for barely touching a goal. So uh, let's see how this one's refereed. Jared Sutton, most experienced ref, bit of a stickler for the rules, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, we might take a little bit of a break and we'll come back with uh, round 13 and our uh, infamous uh, lock of the week segment. But if you're having a bet this weekend or next Wednesday night for State of Origin, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They uh, they bet the biggest limits. They will let you on for an absolute hatful of uh, of money there. Top rope last week, uh, he, bet, he bet half a house or a house on the storm last week and now he's got two houses. No, Melbourne's... had two houses. Had two houses. <laughs> now probably don't even run the first one up for the rest of the weekend. Play <laughs> oh, Storm are just auto bet of. Oh, they're just every every week. We say it every week, don't they? They're starting to lose all their uh, good players though, with uh, the Fox and Nico Hines. But uh, we'll take a break. We're not going to. We're not going to preview the Storm game this week. We're uh, they were just saying they're another auto bet, and we'll look at two other matches for a change. We'll keep it fresh. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got Kid MG and we've got Top Rope, and it's time to talk Rugby League Round 13. Very unclear for me. I don't know who's playing, who's not playing. 
where they're playing. But the first game we're going to look at is Thursday Night Football at Jubilee Stadium. We've got St. George Dragons. Ugh, very short here. $1.45. Brisbane Broncos, two seventy-five. The line, 6.5. Little bit of a nibble for the minus, which concerns me. And the total there is 47.5. Top rope. Who's going, to, uh, who's going to win the opener here and why? Still, I come out for the first two tries. It's all over. They'll win by 40. But... Uh... Broncos tend to bounce back off a bad defensive performance, covered 6-7 off conceding 30. Dragons have a horrendous record as a short price favourite. They, they lose them off the stick. They lose them. So, uh, the line, a little bit of interest, but I reckon just for a bit of value, I, I'd, I'd be happy to have a start with some for the Broncos here at the what, 275, 280. Mm, not too many injuries out with the Queensland team? Uh, they've lost two. They've lost Payne Haas and they've lost uh, Xavier Coates, but they get a host of players back. Tyson Gamble, Matt Lodge from suspension. Alex Glenn, Jordan Ricky from uh, injury. So uh, oh, they're, they're, they're arguably square mm. for, for, for their team this week. So uh, Dragons get a few back as well, Duffy, Rabalawa, uh, but there's two weeks in to, to origin. So, yeah, I, I, I don't mind them at all. Not, not, not too hardly done by. And uh, six and a half is uh, a key number there. If uh, if you're less confident, the uh, the six and a half at 195 looks tasty for me. Let's have a look at uh, the other match Friday night at Leichhardt over West Tigers. It's now or never. Yeah, dollar fifty the Panthers, two sixty West Tigers, and it's a, a flat six there. Money for the plus, and the total there is forty six and a half. Can the Panthers be bought undone here? Uh, really hard game to assess. Penrith have got seven players out on origin duty, which makes it really difficult. Tigers likely only have one in Joff and Garrett. He's not even locked into the squad yet, so uh, they may have no players out. Uh, still lead towards the minus. Penrith have a very good side, so they've got a lot of Kiwis on their side. Kick out, James Fisher-Harris, Matt Eisenberg make a pretty good pack. Matt Burton goes into the halves, Dylan Edwards returns at fullback. Stephen Crichton still got a very good side. Lean towards the minus. Panthers have a very good record against the Tigers, but not getting too excited about this game. Too many outs for the Panthers. Mm, you've nearly convinced me, Penrith. Well, they're just—they're like the Storm. They're just an auto bet every week. Oh, oh, seven players is, is substantial, but yeah. the depth, and you see it in the AFL ranks as well. The top three sides are just absolutely panels above the bottom cellar dwellers. And I tell you what, West Tigers, you don't want to go to war with them, do you, Top Oh. The West Tigers, but they're about to sign Dallin McKinney as a Lesniak, one of the worst Canterbury players of all time. And they're about to take him off our hands soon. So if we can make it this week, I'll be all over the Panthers. Mm, and they're just absolutely notorious, the Panthers, for just letting talent just stroll out the door. They are uh, a very average conveyance. And uh, apologies, I've got a couple of mates who barrack for the West Tigers. So, yeah. Um... It's the truth, they know it, and uh, they're steeled enough to hear it, but uh, it's now or never for the Tigers, but uh, I won't be backing them, that's for sure. Something else that uh, we're sucking at at the moment is lock of the week. We all just need to hang our heads in shame. We've got to get to the magical $5,000 mark for raise.org.au. The bulldozer saved us with a 10K donation. So we're on the board, but we need to get to that magical 15K for the year. But uh, last week, I'll tell you what, I absolutely... 
absolutely blitz with the Bombers uh, against the West Coast Eagles, but my Hawks just absolutely let me down. I went for the absolute party trick, $211.90, Essendon into Hawthorne. And Hawthorne won't win a game now until round 21 when they face Collingwood, and we're no good thing there. So I've jumped all aboard the Bombers, and uh, I'm going to back them again this week for my lock of the week. I'm going to take the Bombers into Carlton to beat uh, the West Coast Eagles again. And then I'm going to take uh, the Western Bulldogs to beat Frio. And I'm going to have 200 at 670. I'm all about the Bombers. Don't shake your head, Mark. You got the Bombers. You weren't on the Bombers last week. I kept backing him in play. 750 I took. And another chirpy mate that was in the office, I got him. I had 50 with him. Our mate in the know with snow, who you know off the racing show. He, he, he poked his head in the uh, little birdie office yeah. last Saturday night. I said, mate, I'll t- teach you a lesson. He's 50 on the outside dog. Do not lay outside dogs in play. Yep. Absolutely taught him a lesson about football. Yeah, it was an expensive couple of beers for him, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Called, called by for a free pizza and a couple of beers and ended up do, ended up doing his ass on the Essendon. So, yeah, it was at a production uh, meeting, that's why I was here. It was funny for those not involved, Top Rope, that's for sure. Oh, tremendous stuff. I love hearing that story. Almost Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Top Rope, uh, who, it's a very, 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 very lean week. Yeah. What are you going to do for charity here? Is there a bit of flair, a bit of Ric Flair you got for us? $200. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Melbourne Storm. Uh, first to 40 this week. First to 40. Gee, you were stiff last week. First to 50. You were fucking robbed. I was robbed. I was. They played the worst game of the year, the Storm. They still put 40 up, so I was very stiff. We could go a little. We could go a little hilarious. What's the 50? Out? Oh, gee, I don't know. I just want to get on the board. I'm just humiliated at the moment. First to 40, 235. First to 40. We'll go 40. Yeah, we'll go 40. 40. Best of 40. So you're just going to have 200 on that? 200 yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. It's, it's his sweet brick spot. Brick by brick. We've got another 11 weeks. <laughs> Storm just keeps twelve weeks every week. Yeah, that's right. MG, who's your lock of the week? Well, well, it's getting I'm, embarrassing, I'm this got, segment. Yeah, we might have to axe it soon. Only six games to choose from, so it, uh, it does narrow the focus a little. So I'm just going to try and play a straight bat and get him over. <laughs> oh, uh, Tigers. Uh, Tigers, oh, you Tigers against Bombers. Uh, so one of us, one of us will be alive <laughs> in that game top rope. So that's the upside. Uh, just going to go head to head at three dollars, and the treble is going to be Richmond, Adelaide, and the Bulldogs. Sure, when, when, when's the big reveal come out, Scooty? That we actually recorded all this uh, in March, and I'm just tipping the Storm, and and, <laughs> and uh, MG's just tipping Richmond every week. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's so embarrassing. I know who's going better. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I've handled this segment quite well since I, I came into it, but I just haven't had luck. Yeah, we're still on the same point. I know. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, we'll get there. I, 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 in my mind, I'm profitable, oh, but I'm clearly not. I should have had this job done. <laughs> Melbourne haven't lost a game and they lost by one point to Adelaide. I mean, give me a spell. It's just sick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll get off the we'll get off and running this weekend for sure. I'm confident this week. So uh, the bye weeks, we'll, we'll get them going through the bye weeks, and we'll be able to flatten out a result. All right, top rope. Uh, make sure you uh, spend your credits on this round of uh, rugby league wisely, so you can put your feet up next next Wednesday night and enjoy the origin, enjoy the uh, spectacle that it may become. It might just lose all luster. I can't wait for that Thursday morning headline. Has PVL killed Origin? Has he killed rugby league? What is it? Uh, bunker blunder ends in Oregon origin heartache for the one of the sides. I just I can't wait for the controversy. Isn't it funny? They finally uh, tidied up all the controversy off the field, and now it's fucking so on, on the field. Yeah. NRL. 
Who would have thought this would happen? It's all drama. It's all the narrative. It's the it's it's the greatest drama since days of our lives. That's just rugby league everywhere. Have a great weekend, top rope. See you too, guys. See you, top rope. All right, feels like we uh, we've been here for an eternity. Been a blockbuster show. Yeah. It's going to be a fantastic betting week. There's so much to bet on. French Open's up and going. Next week we'll have uh, Ace on. Yep. We might uh, start to have a look at some basketball. We might have a special guest on next week's Little Birdie podcast. Next, next week's show might be a double episode. Away with yeah, it might go for four <laughs> hours. We'll trim up a couple of a uh, couple of segments, but uh, yeah. it's going to be an absolute beauty. Good luck on the punt this week. MG, can't yes, wait Nico. to see what happens with uh, the as D's long, and long, the Brisbane Lions. As long as Richmond get over Essendon, I'll be happy with you. I'll tell you what, I'll just be drinking Goose for a month. All right. I'll be happy to be locked down. <laughs> I'll be sedated heavily on Grey Goose <laughs> after the Bombers rightfully. I think they'll only sneak into the eight. Their percentage is not too bad, 106%. Uh, yeah, yeah, going very well, yep. Make sure you check us out on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, our YouTube channel, at Little Birdie TV, on Twitter. And uh, get our emails. There's free tips galore in there. So let us help you bash our bookie. And that's Top Sport. Thanks for Top Sport and punning form support. Couldn't do the show without you. See you next week.